Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been going through this section of Luke. We're actually going to be wrapping it up here in about two or three weeks. And we're going, we've been looking at the life of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to remind you why we did this study. The whole reason why we did this study was so that you and I could be broadened in our concept concerning who Jesus is. So that we could see exactly what Jesus was saying and exactly what he was trying to teach us about ourselves and about God and the way to salvation. Because here's the reality. I've been a believer now 26 years. And as I think back over the years of me sitting as you are right now in a pew listening to a speaker, and I've heard great pastors over the years, some of them are now dead, gone on to be with glory, great men of God, and listening to their words and so forth, I have to be honest with you. I heard a lot of messages about how to live the life. I heard a lot of messages about what not to do. I heard a lot of messages about how to share the gospel. But when it came to the reality of knowing who Jesus is and what he has for us and what he wants for us from our lives right now, I have to be honest with you, there were very few messages. Very few messages. And I think if you were honest with yourselves, if you look back on your church life, you'd have to agree. You heard a lot more about what not to do and what to do. But when it came to the person of Jesus, it was just an assumption. The assumption was is that we all know what there is to know about Jesus. But let's be honest, we don't know everything there is about Jesus. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. You're never going to know all there is about Jesus. And so today especially, we're going to be looking at an interaction here that Jesus has. Because I'm going to be honest with you, in our assumptions, we've deceived ourselves. In our assumptions, because we have all these messages about what we should and shouldn't do, what it means to be a good Christian, what, it, what a bad person does, or all of this, and who not to associate with, and not to do all this stuff, I'm going to be honest with you, we've, we've made some wrong assumptions about what spirituality is about what it means to truly be accepted by God. And I'll be honest with you, we've been deceiving ourselves. Now, here's the problem. You know there's a problem when the world, that is the folks who are unsaved, can look at the church and see our problem that we don't see. Do you know what I mean by that? It's when people outside of the church who don't go to church, don't even darken the door, don't want to have anything to do with the church, look in the church, and they see the problem we have. But we don't see it. That tells you how deceived we are. You say, what are you talking about, George? Well, let's look first of all at the passage, and then I'll get into what it is, the issue that we're going to be looking at today. today. Because we're going to be looking at the whole issue of true spirituality. So I want you to notice with me verse 37. And as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and sat down to eat. When the Pharisee saw it, he marveled, that he had not first washed before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But rather give alms of such 
things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. Folks, we're going to really address two issues here today. So let's look at the questions we're going to address here from this passage. Number one, we're going to address the issue of what are you trusting yet? We're going to look at the issue today as we're trying to understand what it is that Jesus, what Luke, as he presents Jesus here, is trying to show us. We're going to address this issue of what are you trusting in right now for your salvation? What are you trusting in for your acceptance with God? Now, before you answer that, you're going to have to think about it for a while, because I'm going to be honest with you, there was a time when I was deceived. There was a time when I... I mean, I trusted in Jesus Christ, I got saved, I was baptized, but then I somehow got off of the gospel onto some other kind of thinking in a conservative church where I forgot about the grace that God has towards us and began to think in terms of that God only accepts me if I do certain things. So the reality is here, what is it that you're trusting in? The second question that we're going to address here, is it possible that you're deceived? Is it possible that you're deceiving yourself? That you think you're okay with God, that you think you're okay with Jesus because of this? Is it possible that you're deceived? In fact, why we're asking that question is, is because Jesus made a statement all the way back over in verse 35. Look with me at verse 35. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you, is not darkness. He's saying here, make sure that what you're trusting in really isn't darkness, it's light. So this is what the reality is. So we're going to look at these two questions today. So how do we do that with this passage? Well, the first thing we're going to do is is we're going to break this passage down into two parts. And here's what we're going to see. We're going to look, first of all, at religious hypocrisy. We're going to look at religious hypocrisy. And then we're going to look at what true cleanliness is. Now, now, does everybody understand what hypocrisy is? I think everybody understands. When Jesus used the word hypocrisy, he doesn't use it here in this passage. Jesus used a word that in his day was representative of the arts of drama. And if you remember back in that time when they had actors, it wasn't like what we see today where everybody's made up. They wore masks. And so a hypocrite was someone who was an actor. And he wore a mask. He was something on the outside that he was not on the inside. And so that's what hypocrisy is. And so when I say that the world outside looks at the church and sees our problem that we don't see, what they're seeing is, let's be honest, folks, our hypocrisy. Our hypocrisy. Now you're saying, well, wait a minute, Jordan, are you calling me a hypocrite? If the shoe fits. If the shoe fits, wear it. Because let's be honest, we're going to ask ourselves, what are we trusting in and are we deceiving ourselves? So let's look at the issue of religious hypocrisy. I want you to notice what happens. Jesus is invited over to a meal. Now, the English translation doesn't bring it out, but the word there in verse 37, asked him to dine with him. That word dine means to to have lunch with him. So he's being asked to come over. Actually, the Jews had two meals that they ate during the deal. One was in the mid-morning, and one was in the mid-afternoon. This is the mid-morning lunch, so sometime before the noon hour is when Jesus is invited over to this guy's house to eat. Now what happens is he goes over to this guy's house to eat. He walks in. He sits down immediately and begins to eat. There's a problem. Look with me at verse 38. 
when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. You're saying, what's the problem? Was his hands dirty? I mean, yeah, you're supposed to... In fact, all the mothers are in here telling their kids, what? To wash before dinner. Is this the issue? He's not being clean? Wrong type of cleanliness. That's not the issue here. Here's what the issue is, and then I'll tell you what's going on. In their day, remember the Pharisees, they wanted to do everything they could to be accepted by God. So what they had developed over the years was a tradition that before you ate, before you sat down to eat, you had to wash yourselves so that you would wash yourselves of all, any chance because you were out in the world, the sinful world, in case something sinful in the world made contact with you, you had to wash it off of you. In fact, listen to me. They had prescriptions as to the size of the vessel, the container. In fact, let me remind you of something. Remember when Jesus turned the water into wine and it mentions the earthen pots there? Those earthen pots that it talks about are the earthen pots that they would use to wash their hands with. So they would have these earthen pots, they're these vessels, and they were prescribed the exact amount of water, they were prescribed exactly how to hold their hands so that when the water was poured on their hands, it would drip off of them in a certain way. And so Jesus didn't do that. Jesus comes in, it's time to eat, he sits down, he starts eating. And this guy is marveling that he did not, quote, go through the purification process to make himself acceptable before God. Now here's what's going on. Here's my first point. They obsessed about religious practices. They obsessed about religious practices. My friends, that's for religious hypocrisy. When you look at someone and you go into a church, you know, our context today is church life. When you go in a church and people are obsessed with how you do something as far as what the religious practices are of that congregation, there's a problem. If you don't give a certain amount of money, or if you don't show up dressed a certain way, or if you don't carry a certain Bible, or if you don't do this, or you don't do that, you don't stand when you need to, or sit down when you need to, if you don't say words the way you're supposed to say words, or, or anything like that, they, you, you know that there's a problem when people obsess, get obsessed about you not performing the rituals correctly. And this is what's going on here. The guy's marveling that Jesus wouldn't what? Wash his hands. And it had nothing to do with using soap. It all had to do with appearing before God to be acceptable to him. Now think about that for a moment. Think about how, I mean, when you realize who Jesus is, Jesus is God. He's got to do something to make himself acceptable to himself. You see how silly it is? But when your focus is on the outward, when your focus is on the religious aspect, you just got to do it. Here's the second thing I want you to see. It's all about keeping the rules. Look at what Jesus said about them. Look with me, verse 39. Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. It's all about keeping rules. It's all about doing the right things. It's all about whether or not I'm doing the right stuff, whether or not I have my hair cut the right way, or whether or not I'm dressed the right way. I'm going to be honest with you folks. When you look up here, 
at George, you're looking at a functional legalist. What do I mean by that? You know, I got saved in 1985, and I went to a little independent Baptist church, and, and when I went to a little bit of independent Baptist church, they affirmed my salvation. But they also told me from that point on, not overtly, not out loud or something, but maybe through peer pressure or whatever, they all told me what was proper behavior now for me. So proper behavior now was is I need to wear a suit and tie. Proper behavior now is I need to have a right haircut. No facial hair. In fact, I remember a message. You're going to think this is crazy. All the pictures of Jesus are wrong. Because Jesus would have cut his hair the way everybody else did, and they wore their hair like Caesar's, and Caesar had short hair. Jesus didn't have long hair. That's what I was told. It's crazy, isn't it? Let me go on for a minute. And you get to the place where I've got to make sure I'm at church on time. I've got to make sure I'm at church. I've got to make sure that I'm giving. I've got to make sure that I'm giving a certain percentage. And I remember, I'm going to give you a personal testimony here. I remember, you, want to, you say, what, what loosened you up? I got married to Lori, and we were going to her home church down in Smicksburg, PA, and I'm showing up in a suit, and the only other dude wearing a suit was the preacher, and this is a church of about a couple hundred people, and I'm wearing a suit, and the preacher's wearing a suit, everybody else is dressed like you are, and Lori said, why are you wearing a suit? Because I have to wear a suit. No, you don't. My wife straightened me out, folks. So guys, listen to your wives, okay, that's a side note. Here's what happened. I remember in those early years as a believer, struggling to keep the rules, struggling to do all of this, and asking God to help me, to help me to do it. You know what? He never helped me to do it. Because that's not what he needed from me for, for me to be accepted by him. He already accepted me. And see, we can fall into a trap. Here, it was all about keeping the rules. You say, what kind of traps can you fall in? Because today in Christian circles... Well, let's, let's stop for a moment. Let's go on to the next point, and then I'll tell you what my point is here. They ignored the condition of their hearts. Jesus said they were focused on cleaning the outside, but on the inside they were filled with greed and what? Wickedness. They were filled with greed and evil. Now, that word greed, can I be honest with you? In the Greek, is a very harsh word. It's very extreme. So it's, it's, it's a very strong word that he's using there. It's talking about exploitation. It's talking about manipulation. It's talking about the extreme evil of greed. So he's talking about the condition of their hearts there. And so here's what's going on. And I've, I've seen this happen. Over the years I've seen this happen. Here you have a believer. He can fall into two traps. You say, what are the traps? Well, the one trap is what we're talking about here, where you are, as long as you're doing all the right stuff, you're okay. As long as you're carrying the right Bible, as long as your hair is the right length, as long as you don't have any facial hair, as long as you are dressed the right way, as long as you don't go to certain restaurants who have certain beverages there, and as long as you don't go to the movie house, and as long as you're not doing this, and as long as you're not doing that, and as long as you don't read the Sunday comics... Some of you laugh, but I remember as a boy being told not to read the Sunday comics. Thinking, why do they come on Sunday then? See, as long as you're doing all of that, you're okay. And then the other extreme is, and this is the other extreme that's out there today in our Christian circles, is as long as I'm having an experience with God, as long as I'm experiencing some sort of manifestation. Now here's the problem with both of those. Here's what Jesus is saying. Your focus is on the external, but on the inside, you're a mess. 
you know what, as I think about it, as I think back over those years, people that I looked up to in those churches and thought that they had their act together, they were a mess on the inside. See, here's the thing. They obsess about religious rituals. They're focused on keeping the rules. But on the inside, Jesus is saying they're ignoring the condition of their hearts. See, remember, let's go back to our two original questions. What are you trusting in and are you deceiving yourself? Listen, are you here and you're trusting in that I'm here, George? I'm I'm here. I haven't missed in a a long time. I, I gave. I volunteered. What are you trusting in? And are you deceiving yourself because your focus is on the outward actions that you're forgetting that on the inside there's evil? And let me just stop for a moment before somebody says, oh, I don't need to listen to him anymore. He's saying I'm, I'm evil on the inside. Folks, the Bible says you're evil on the inside. Jeremiah, your hearts are extremely wicked. So I'm not singling you out. I'm just telling you what the truth is. So what are you trusting in? Are you deceiving yourself? Because here's the thing. If we're honest with ourselves, then here's the thing. Remember what I said to you. The world outside sees it. And when they say that the churches are filled with hypocrites, they're not lying. They're telling the truth. Because we're trusting in stuff that we shouldn't be trusting in. We're focused on keeping looking good. But on the inside, we're messes. Don't you notice what Jesus says? He goes on, and it was, as with Jesus, now remember, this is, this is the awesome thing about Jesus. It said that the Pharisee marveled. I doubt that he said anything to Jesus, so he's talking inwardly. And Jesus uses it as a teachable moment. Jesus uses it as, I mean, I mean think about the guy. He must have been shocked that Jesus addressed the issue, because the reality is that Jesus knows everything about us, doesn't he? He knows all of our thoughts. And so as he's exposing this guy for who he is, a hypocrite, He tells him what he needs to do. He tells him what true cleanliness is. So I want you to notice with me verses 40 to 41. Look with me at what it says. He says, Foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also, but rather give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. Three things I want you to see here. First of all, our actions and our hearts concern God. Our actions concern and our hearts concern God. When you look at what it says there in verse 40, he's saying, isn't God the one who made the inside as well as the outside? What's Jesus saying there? That God is just as concerned about the inside of you as he is with what you're doing. See, we've got it reversed in the church. In the church, our whole focus is on what you're doing and making sure that you're not doing wrong stuff. But I'm going to be honest with you folks. Listen to me. Jesus is just as concerned, I would say even more so concerned, about who you are on the inside as what your actions are. I mean, yeah, he's concerned about your actions. Because your actions, again, what does Jesus say? Are a reflection of your heart. But don't spend all your time focused on cleaning up the outside when the inside is a mess. This is the reality. Look, in fact... Can I be honest with you folks? Here's what's, If you come to our church long enough, you're going to learn that. That's what our focus is here. Our focus as a church here is for you to become who you need to be in your relationship with Jesus. We're not going to tell you what to clean up. Uh, if we tell you anything, it's what the Bible tells you to clean up. 
I'm not going to make rules about what you shouldn't be watching at home. I'm not going to make rules about what restaurants you can't go into. I'm not going to make rules about that. I mean, we used to make those kind of rules, didn't we? And the problem is, is we were still messes. Now, we look good, but here's the reality. We only look good to ourselves. See, Jesus is saying that our actions and our hearts concern God. Your heart concerns Him. He's concerned about who you are. He's concerned about the basis of who you are. Now, why? Because out of who you are is manifested in your words and actions. And so if you clean up the inside, if He cleans up the inside, you'll become the right person you need to be. Now, here's the other thing. Inward attitudes must match outward actions. Inward attitudes must match outward actions. Look at what Jesus is saying. But rather give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. What's he talking about here? Well, first of all, let me explain something to you. The the Pharisees in their day were kind of the middle class. And, and so when you got invited over to a meal there, I mean, I can almost guarantee you it wasn't just a little bitty sandwich that Jesus was eating. It would have been a banquet. And Jesus has already addressed that one of the issues in this guy's heart is the issue of what? Greed. An extreme word of greed. So this guy is hoarding for himself. This guy is focused on what he can have, and he lives high on the hog here. And so Jesus is saying to him, look, if you want to focus on your outward actions, then get your inward life in order. And here's what you do to get your inward life in order. Give to the poor. Give up the, all the stuff you have to the poor. Let your inward actions reflect your outward actions. That's what he's saying here. Quit being focused on self and focus on the needs of others. This is what Jesus is talking about here. Your inward attitudes must match your outward actions. You can't have it without the other. Because let's be honest, you know what? I've been around a while, you've been around a while. You and I know folks that have tried to clean up, and they were clean. They had their stuff together on the outside for a little bit, didn't they? But then eventually, eventually, it comes out who they really are, doesn't it? Because if the mess on the inside, you can only hide it for so long. And then if you spend time with them, it comes out. Jesus is saying, get your inside right. And then let that match your outward actions. Here's the other thing he's saying here. Addressing our hearts will result in true cleanliness. Here, you want to understand? Listen to what Jesus is saying. Rather give alms of such things that you have, and indeed all things are clean to you. The issue with the, with the Pharisees was is that they were acceptable to God. Folks, every one of us here wants to be acceptable to God, right? Right? Now let me explain something to you. Here's what he's saying. If you really want to be acceptable to Him, then what you need to do is start addressing your heart. That's more important to Him. That's more important. In fact, if you look at the way that God deals with you, I look at the way that God's been dealing with me, and man, He's been dealing with me a lot lately. And I'll be honest with you, when I look at my life and I see the things that God's dealing with me about, almost all of them are pointing towards one thing in my life. My heart. My heart. Because if my heart isn't right, I don't care how much I try to straighten up my actions, eventually they'll go back to reflect where my heart is. See, this is the issue. True spirituality is not how good you look on the outside. 
True spirituality is dealing with your heart. And folks, some folks can't handle that. And maybe you're here and you can't handle that. It's a lot easier. Can I be honest with you? It is. It's a whole lot easier to be told what not to do and what to do. Isn't it? It's a lot harder to be told what to become. You know, I'm learning that lesson because, you know, when the kids were younger, it was a lot easier. Because you could just tell them, quit it. Now you have to talk to them about, think about who you're becoming. You have to talk to them about their character. Remember when they're little, stop! And restrictions worked. Because you were trying to control what? Behavior. But when they get older, it's about molding character, isn't it? This is what Jesus is interested in. He's not interested in controlling our actions. He's interested in, in molding our character. So, okay, George, how do we wrap this up? Here, some three thoughts. Because we're going to focus on this for the next two weeks. Because when we look at the next few passages, we're going to look next. There's going to be three woes to the Pharisees and then three woes to the lawyers. He's going to be looking at this whole issue of what are we trusting in? Are we deceiving ourselves? Is the light that we think we have actually our darkness? So here's the questions we're going to wrestle with. Where's your focus? Where's your focus? When you look at who you are in your walk with God, where's your focus? Is it on the stuff you're doing and making sure you do the right stuff to be acceptable with God? Where's your focus? I mean, your focus could be all wrong here today. And believe me, I know because at one time in my life, it was wrong for me. At one time in my life, I was judgmental of others because... I was just like this Pharisee, marveling that people didn't wash their hands right, so to speak. Because I was obsessed with religious practices. I'm shamed. Because again, I was a functional legalist. Where's your focus? Here's the other one. Are you deceiving yourself? Are you deceiving yourself? Is it all about, again, your outward actions, but on the inside you're a mess. But as long as you're, quote, doing the right stuff, not going to the right things, not, I mean, you, you're, you're perfect. You're okay. But on the inside, everybody else sees it. Family sees it. Spouse sees it. You're a mess. But as long as I'm doing it, I'm okay. Are you deceiving yourself? Because everybody else sees it. You don't. And then finally, address the heart issues. Address your heart issues. That's really what the issue is here, folks. The issue is you and I beginning to address who we are and allowing God to mold our character. Remember what David said? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51. We've got to get to that place of recognizing where our heart conditions are at and that we need to change. And let's be honest, folks. I need to change. 
You need to change. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.